BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It was a whole it was a whole ordeal. But anyway, welcome to Tag Talk. <laughs> My name is Kylie. This is Haley. And this is, okay, listen, we have like a million and one things to talk about today, but we don't have a million and one hours. So we're, we're going to do our best, but like we have a lot to cover. And if you're wondering why Haley is looking like a snowman, uh, it's because she has a blanket on because it's cold, you know? I'm sitting right next to my air vent. So yeah, I'm a little cold, guys. Sorry. I don't know, know why I apologize. You know what? It's fine. You're cold. There's a hurricane coming my way. Um, that's just how life works, apparently. Happy Juneteenth. Um, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that before we begin, because I feel like it's a major, a major federal holiday, a major, um, talking point in American history. So happy Juneteenth. But like always, well, I didn't ask Kaylee how she was, but the answer is cold. So like always, we're going to start with BTE. Um, Kenny was back this week. Yes. Which I was excited about he had that Spider-Man shirt and not gonna lie when he was saying like oh guess who bought it for me I thought he was gonna say like oh my friend in Japan or something like that <laughs> and then it was Christopher Daniels Christopher Daniels I love it listen I'm fine with it I love Christopher Daniels I love that I love they reenacted the the meme yes my favorite and you know what it was a good shirt I like Spider-Man not as much as I like Iron Man but this is not a Marvel podcast. You like Spider-Man more than Iron Man? I mean, no, but <laughs> whatever. Anyways. <laughs> I'm very confused by that. <laughs> but it's, it's whatever. Team Iron Man. Um, as long as he's facing against, listen, Team Iron Man. Um, if you guys want your question, your comment, your statement right on air, make sure to submit a super chat. We'll read those. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot today and a lot of like controversial things. So we're going to keep it civil, but we'll read your super chats. So also before we get into it and before I forget for the 500th time, yes, I'm not yesterday. Last week was our one year anniversary, um, of tag talk. And as soon as we ended the stream, I was like, oh my God, Kylie, it's our one year of tag talk and we forgot. (laughs) So we knew coming into this week, um, you know. We had to celebrate a little bit, so. The way I just forgot again. (laughs) I knew if I didn't say it now. (laughs) But yeah, it's our one year and, you know, hell of an episode to do our one year on. Um, We got to talk about, you know, not Spider-Man and Iron Man. I love We got to chat. Lots of Team Spidey, but you know what? I don't care. Uh, The Bloodline Civil War. Kind of like Captain America Civil War. Oh. <laughs> the hung bugs, Eddie Kingston. We have a lot of things to cover, but let's get back to BTE. Um, nothing like that crazy in this episode to me, apart from Kenny being back. But Matt Jackson has once again apparently screwed the elite in the Chili's and Wendy's deals. Um, and you know what? Hangman Page bought a bunch of lawnmowers and lit them on fire, so they're all going bankrupt. Nick was throwing money in the trash, like. And, but, oh my God, how could I say it was an uneventful episode? We found out that Hangman Page actually has a a small penis. (laughs) I stopped thinking you were going to say that. I I had to spring it on you. I had to. Is that the headline? (laughs) Yeah. Super chat from kate who i love he says happy one year beautiful ladies 
Kate Thank you, Kate. We couldn't have done it without Kate, honestly. Honestly. Um, another super chat from our other <laughs> podcast, just eyeball emoji. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about CM Punk today. That just reminded me. Um, and also FTR. And also the Hung Bucks. And it's going to be wild and crazy. But you know what? We're going to do it. But being the elite was funny this week. Not that much you know, actual substantial stuff, except for the Dark Order being miserable and jealous. But we expected that. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I love this Dark Order stuff, and I love coming into the episode every week. Like, when something big with the elite... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> wow, Jeremy! Why, when I pop up... I get an immediate oh no. Just from Haley, not from me. It's just my time. like it's my reflexes. That when I pop up, it's like, oh god, Jeremy's here, something bad about to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I like that. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> Jeremy, we love you. Well, I, I came here. I love you girls as well. I came here to wish you a happy one year anniversary on the show. As I've put over a million times, this is the best show we have. On Fightful Overbooked, so I'm happy it's been a year that you have uh, been here with us. And I, I was listening, and I heard this uh, misinformation from from Kylie that Hangman Page has a a small penis. And I know this is a reference to being the elite, but I interviewed Hangman Page at Full Gear 2019, and I asked him, you know, Full Gear was. Uh, the show based on his name based on the the full gear bit on being elite and everything and i asked him like did you ever think of doing like a special entrance type of gimmick for this like the the dx in your house dx they had the big dx thing the rock had his whole rock bottom had his whole special entrance. i said did you ever think about doing like a special entrance and he's like what if it was just like my my legs like ashless chaps my my legs is like the entrance there but then he said but they'd have to move like a big pole when, when they're coming through because he is so hung that the entrance, mm-hmm. there would just, just be hanging, just a big old pole hanging in the middle of the entrance. And you got to push that out of the side to walk in between Hangman's legs. So if he could do a special entrance for full gear, that's what it would be. He would have Hungman page there that you'd have to walk through to get to the crowd. That is a real uh answer by hangman page on what his special entrance would be so i don't believe that hangman page has a small penis at all i believe that he is actually he is the hungman page maybe he's just trying to be more humble which is fair you know people are people are being mean to him right now (laughs) he needs to people are just talking about chipping his tooth and everything and he he needs to you know he can't be going out here like yeah I hit people when they're jerks to me, and I also got a giant dick as well. Like that's a that's a man <laughs> among men right there. He's got a you know you know what it's it's a little it's a little small, and that's why he's got to hit people a little hard too. He can't can't have both. Can't be like this big badass brute and have a giant penis. You know what I mean? Like that's just leave some men for the rest of us, Hangman Page. You know you make a very yeah. solid point and argument, Jeremy. He just Hangman Page just doesn't know his own power, but I feel like now he does. You know, he's grown, he's matured, he's, you know, he's had a lot of, he's been in the press a lot, he's had a lot of troubles, and now this is like his redemption arc. You know, how are you girls doing? I missed you. I've been gone a week only. Yeah, I've only been gone a week. We missed you. I want you to know that we did a boycott Cinnabon segment last week. I appreciate it. We wanted to make sure we got that in. We made a point of it. Uh, but we really did miss you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that uh, both of you reached out and, and said kind words. And uh, everyone else who reached out and, and said kind words, I appreciate that you carried on the boycott Cinnabon. I was very angry at the closing segment of, of Dynamite last week where Takeshka is attacking Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, known uh Known dessert advocate, even though he did cut a promo on the cookie, uh, but known dessert advocate, Eddie Kingston and Cinnabon has still not answered for their crimes and, and silence. And 
I'm not, you know what? I, I gave them a week. I had to step away and handle some personal business, but I'm back. I'm back on Cinnabon's Ooh. glazed ass this week until we get some answers. Glazed we need some ass. answers. Putting the glazed ass on notice. <laughs> That's I appreciate right. it. They have to Girl, answer. This can't continue. They do. I, I'm tired of this silence, especially ahead of uh, Forbidden Door, where I guess Takesh will wrestle. I don't know if he actually will. They've got like four <laughs> matches announced for this show, uh, but I'm not. I'm not happy with it. I'm not happy with the silence. So we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back on their their glazed asses this week, girls. Are you wearing a Seth Rollins shirt? I am. I appreciate that. I respect that. I respect the <laughs> Seth Rollins shirt on an AEW show. <laughs> Kylie told me to wear it. <laughs> I did not. I said it was often, but I wasn't like Haley. You have to wear a Seth Rollins shirt, or else. You're like, listen, when we talk about Roman, I'm just saying the Seth shirt would be great. <laughs> okay, and it honestly, it is. Yes, I respect okay. that. I I respect that. Uh, Kylie's um, clothe to top it coordination there. That's that's yeah, good. Look, that's layers. I got the leaf shirt. There you go. I'm you know? I'm wearing a hockey shirt, which has absolutely nothing to do with uh, wrestling at all. So there you go. Although, you know what? Here we go. I'll tie it all together. 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. They won the Stanley Cup last year, the same night as Forbidden Door won last year. So instead of watching Forbidden Door live, I was watching game six of the finals to watch my team win the Stanley Cup. And then I went back and rewatched forbidden door i told i told sean i was like but you never know when your team's gonna win the the championship right like it, it doesn't happen very often i was like i don't care about this AEW pay-per-view i'm sure it'll be great i gotta watch my team win this title the forbidden door will happen next year i'll watch next year live i'll help out i gotta watch my team win the title and he was very understanding of that we, we understand the sports here so forbidden door was a very good show forbidden door 2 will be a very good show hopefully <laughs> He's got the goat, Brian Danielson, actually wrestling this year. I know. Let's go. It's going to be so good. All right. I'll leave you, you girls, to your show. Happy one-year anniversary again. And thank you for for all you do here at Fight Flover Booked. I I can't put you two over enough, and I continue to look forward to everything you both have coming up in the works and everything you're you're going to do in this space and other spaces. Uh, I support you unconditionally and endlessly on all your ventures so very proud to to have this show on on fightful overbooked and uh it's the best show we do here and i'll continue to steal your background every tuesday on on fmc because it's the best background we have as well (laughs) bye everybody Oh, the background. Uh, we have some super chats. Uh, one from our friend Jackie, who says, doing a run-in to send lots of love and wish the happiest one-year anniversary to Tag Talk. Y'all are amazing, but you already knew that. Thank you, Jackie. We love you. And um, super chat from Dan, who says, Adam Page and Brian Danielson probably talk a lot. They probably do. You got to compare notes, you know? Um, there's a lot. There's only so much you can talk about in the locker room, and... Brian Danielson has an opportunity to talk to the expert on his favorite subject. So probably, <laughs> but what we maybe, maybe hangman page is hung and he's just being humble. But now we know for a fact confirmed by the young bucks that they are not hung bucks. They are just bucks, but I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- Yep. <laughs> wow. I that's being the elite. Um, that's everything that happened. Um, it was a good episode. And, but you know what? Okay, I totally forgot. Were we gonna move right into bloodline? Yes. Or okay, so um something we don't talk about that much. Just kidding. Only when like big things happen in the storyline, but something big happens. Yeah, so so basically um last week and you know as Haley and i have said probably from like the beginning of the story jay uso is like the pivotal character to the bloodline story basically uh roman reigns and the usos have been kind of at odds um they're both still in the bloodline but they've been been at odds and roman basically was trying to get the usos to turn on each other and they didn't they turned on roman and so now at the pay-per-view, we're getting um, 
the Bloodline Civil War, and they're actually branding this match as the Bloodline Civil War. And it's going to be really exciting. Um, I'm not totally sure, like, where I stand on this, because I really do feel like uh, it's Roman versus the Usos, and it's maybe a little bit too convoluted and too soon, but I'm still really excited for it. One, because I love Jey Uso stepping out as himself again, because after WrestleMania and the Sammy stuff, it very much felt like, okay, now we're Roman and solo. And that was it. But I love that the Usos weren't forgotten about. And the best tag team in WWE currently is back where they belong on center stage. Before Haley gives her thoughts, we have a super chat from Matt uh, who says, happy one year anniversary to Kylie and Haley. Don't be mad since we're in a business full of counterfeit bucks. I'm kidding. Love you guys. We love you too. We appreciate all your support. Uh, Back to the Bloodline Civil War. Haley, thoughts on the Bloodline Civil War and thoughts on Jey Uso reclaiming his spot at the core of WWE's best story. I love the idea of the Civil War match. I'm a big fan of, like, these kinds of matches in wrestling. Um, you know, the Elite had a similar type of thing. Um, but also, as far as Jay goes, um, I'm glad that we're finally getting back on track with that. I feel like, you know, a lot of stuff was getting lost in the shuffle, and a lot of people were forgetting that Jay has been at the core of the story. Uh, the entire time. Like, he is the basically the cornerstone of the story. Um, but I also like that with this match, you know, we're going to be able to kind of tie up the ends with the Usos, but also, because I'm assuming what's going to happen is happen is Solo is going to get pinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wrap up the stuff with the Usos, but then we can have kind of that conflict with Roman and Solo and have that, you know, kind of culminate as well. So I like... Um, that we're kind of getting both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think um, after the Civil War, mm-hmm. the bloodline emerges as a united front? Or do you think this is like the true end of the bloodline? That's a good question because I guess it's like how long is Roman going to hold the titles? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, like, does he need? the bloodline for that um i i don't know um but i feel like you know it's kind of going on long enough i would like to see it uh, <laughs> uh tied up uh in a pretty little bow um i, I definitely don't want it to be dragged on forever and ever and ever um <laughs> i don't know though. no i totally get it but like to me it really depends either one on who wins um the money in the bank yeah, uh, and two, I think it depends on where Roman's like mental state is at after this bloodline civil war match, um, because I feel like when Roman eventually loses the belts, whether it's to Cody or whoever, I feel like it's important that the bloodline isn't there. So if Roman is going to lose the belt soon at SummerSlam or whenever, okay, you should break up the bloodline now. But if it's if they really are going to push it to next WrestleMania, they have to think of some way that makes sense story wise and yeah. is creative for the bloodline to come out of this match united as a, a front and then find a way for them to dissolve again naturally before next year's WrestleMania. Um, they're in a really tough spot because I feel like, you know, this WrestleMania season was the time to do it and they didn't. Yeah. So now they have to find a way to kind of make it work and make it fit. But I think regardless, um, I don't think Roman can have the support of the bloodline when he loses the belts. I think it's important that he loses everything. Uh, And I don't want the bloodline to turn on Roman. And we have some weird situation where I have to feel bad for Roman Reigns after he loses his (laughs) title because they're mad at him because he's not champion anymore. So we got to think of some way. Uh, We have a super chat. From our friend Ryan, who says, how did Hunt Buck celebrate Tag Talk's anniversary? They won. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I get it. I I do too. We love you, Ryan. But I just had to think about it a little bit, you know? You slacked on the jokes this week, you know? The Hunt Bucks really got me. Yeah, I, had, I first I was like, okay, it's a hunting pun. 
And yeah. then I was like, I know nothing about hunting, so I can't do a hunting <laughs> pun. Um, and then I got it. And then I got it. It was the pun with the one versus one. I got that. Uh, <clears throat> but back to the Usos. And I, they also, at the end of the day, have to find a way for Solo Sokoa to not come out of it looking like an idiot. Because I yes. think I think fans are still behind Solo and they like they like him and they like the way he wrestles. So, but he can't look like, you know, last place in the bloodline. Uh, whenever it splits up and however it splits up, whether it's here, whether it's a year from now, whether it's 10 years from now, they have to find a way for everyone to come out of it better than they were before. I think the path of a Roman is easy because he's going to lose his titles and then instant character development. I think Jay is easy. Jimmy is a little bit iffy because he's not as central as Jay, but it's the Usos. So I think Solo is really in the rough spot. Um, I mean, you could just, you know, Solo and Paul Heyman and then have that spiral into something if you wanted. Uh, but I really hope that they're, that they plan and accounted for this. <laughs> and this isn't like reactive to the post WrestleMania chaos. Yeah. Flying by the seat of the pants type vibe. Um, here's my question to you. Do you think, <laughs> I'm listening. Do you think that if Cody possibly were to maybe win money in the bank or something like that what if he immediately cashed it <laughs> listen listen and listen that's what i was thinking i was like if it, it depends on who wins money in the bank because if it's cody i think we're going straight into it i think cody is not the kind of guy who's gonna wait he cannot because, either. <laughs> like, because like that's his dream that's his you know his whole thing He's going to go right into it. If it's someone else, then one, what a mistake. And two, <clears throat> they can wait and they can buy their time and they can figure it out, whatever. Um, but yeah, if it's Cody, then I really feel like he it has to be fast. And it has to be like, if, if it's Cody, then I feel like this is the end of the bloodline. Like it has to be here. Or some major evolution of the bloodline where Roman is on the outs or something like that. But it all, it all really does depend on money in the bank, I think. Yeah, and they could do, like, Drew or something like that, too. Because um, I just don't know about, like, speed running so many storylines at once, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And yeah. I think and I think as much as, you know, you and I and, like, other wrestling pe- uh, podcasters and things have talked about, you know, our dissatisfaction with the Bloodline story, our dissatisfaction with WrestleMania – I do think that it's doing good business for WWE as much as I hate to talk about money and views because I don't care. But I do think there is an incentive for WWE to stretch it. So I don't really see the path to Cody winning money in the bank and it not being a fast thing. But I do think that WWE would find a way to make it work just so they can um, really capitalize and milk the bloodline for all it's worth. But this Jay angle, Jay coming back as the... Uh, antithesis of Roman I think is super super interesting and I really want to see it breathe and have time to play out so I'm firmly in the camp that the bloodline should not be over after this one civil war yeah I think there's definitely a lot that you could do like you said with Jay specifically um I don't know I feel like there's just a whole lane of that we have yet to explore so I agree they could definitely drag it out a little bit longer as far as like the Usos go yeah, and I really do think, I think after the Civil War match, you could do like a handshake makeup situation and then continue to have that struggle for power between Roman and Jay inside yeah. of the bloodline. I think that'd be interesting. I know a lot of people, uh, their end goal for the bloodline is Jay uh, beating Roman, whether that's for the title or just beating Roman in general. I don't know. I think Cody still has to beat Roman for the title. Um I don't know how Jay fits into that, but I do. I'm really excited about it. And I think the Bloodline Civil War branding, I think, is really fun and I really like it. A lot of people I, on my Twitter were saying it was cheesy, it was corny, but I like it. I'm really into it. It reminds me of the Bullet Club Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. 
And uh, you know what? Haku has still not answered for his crimes in the, the Bullet Club Civil War. So, Haku, listen, this is your chance. Uh, I'm, but I'm really into it. And I think this is def definitely, like, by far WWE's best thing going. And they know it. Yeah. They, they well, definitely capitalize on that, for sure. Like, I can't think of anything else in WWE that I'm... I mean, there's some interesting stuff in the women's division, I think. Um, but overall, I really, I'm, they've pulled me back in. They just had to give me Jay. And I was like, yes, <laughs> they were like, we need Jay. Uh, I don't know what, where they go from here, but I'm into it. So overall, I think the bloodline civil war is cool. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a fan of it. Um, so that's the first of, like really positive thing that you have said about, uh, WWE and the bloodline story in like a really long time. And listen, I like the road to WrestleMania. I was like, I'm so jazzed because Cody's going to be world champion and Roman's going <laughs> to lose his really mind. Not. And he's going to beat up Jey Uso, who's trying to comfort him. And it's going to be this big thing. And they said, actually, Roman's going to win and Cody's going to sit in the ring for like 10 minutes. And that's going to be the end of WrestleMania. So I'm glad that they're like correcting their mistakes. At least I hope they recognize that that was a mistake. No more Finger rubber chickens. chickens. No more rubber chickens. I totally forgot about the chickens. <laughs> That's not the only visual I have from that. All I remember. The rubber chicken. I remember um I remember just like seeing on Twitter people sharing that same picture of Cody. And then all of a sudden it was like no one cares about Cody anymore. It's all rubber chickens. <laughs> incredible incredible end to wrestlemania it did not feel like a wrestlemania but this is not a wrestlemania review so yeah. but anyways i would like to talk about cm punk and i know that might come as a shock to some people so i'll just lay out the story collision first episode the debut show i thought it was good i thought it was okay a, a little bit you know wonky in some places in my opinion but i thought it was good and i like that it's different from dynamite i can really see the difference the big thing was cm punk though so cm punk starts the show he cuts a promo there's clear references to the elite as you know most people probably expected i thought it was a little like rambly and not that great but cm punk definitely was fired up <clears throat> um some people are thinking there's like a heel edge to it, a CM Punk uh, heel turn coming. I don't know. But in the main event, it was CMFTR re reuniting. They had a trios match, didn't they? Before CM Punk was injured? Or was it, was it just them like fantasy booking themselves into a trio? I really can't remember. I can't I remember was, either. There was something with them. I don't remember if it was a match or not, though. I can't remember. But anyway, CMFTR versus Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. Listen, this match was really good. Yeah. I love this match. Joe looked incredible. I thought Joe looked the most like a contender and like a force yeah. and a scary man than he has in his, not just his whole run in AEW. I think since the AJ Styles thing in WWE, when he's like threatening AJ's like five-year-old daughter in the crowd. I thought this, this, I was like, yes, this is Samoa Joe. And I loved it. Um, I thought the match was great. I thought CM Punk, it was a little bit safe, but you know, he's coming back. So it's all excused. I thought FTR looked great. Uh, I think this is probably my favorite FTR match since they came back. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit confused about where Bullet Club Gold goes from here, but I thought I thought everybody looked great in this match. Like Juice Robinson, like that's his best match. Screaming things in the middle of the match was my favorite. Yeah, and it was so good. And of course, Jay White was good. Yeah. Um, but I think the stars of this match really for me were FTR and Joe. And I really, really hope that we're going to spin this out somehow into Punk and Joe and then Bullet Club Gold and FTR. Uh, with Forbidden Door coming up, I don't know what any of these guys are doing for Forbidden Door because Forbidden Door has like four matches announced and like that's and what we're doing. Teases with Punk and all that stuff, but and then and then you have Kenta tweeting that the match isn't happening. Yeah. It's like it's Kenta, so you can't really take his <laughs> word for it. Um, but no, I thought this was like a great way to end Collision. There was no yeah. big angle, which a lot of people were kind of mad about. 
Um, but I think the big angle is that CMFTR one. And that's, to me, that is an angle. But I love this match. What did you think? Well, first, I want to comment on kind of the aesthetics of Collision because mm-hmm. I know that we both kind of had like reservations about what it was going to look like. Is it going to be like a rampage? Is it just going to take the place of a rampage? Is it going to be like its own thing? But I really like the stage setup um, and how it was kind of all just like one big screen. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I felt like it was, I felt like it was different than Dynamite. I know a lot of people felt like it wasn't, um, but I can definitely see the difference. Um, but as far as Punk goes, uh, honestly, I, for him coming back off of injury, even though he played it safe, he looked great. Um, his strength and speed uh, in the match was really good. Um, like comparing it to his debut in AEW, um, you know, mm-hmm. you know, slow, but that's okay. Um, but I, I really like the contrast. I think he looked great, mm-hmm. um, and I like that he kind of saved himself for those bigger moments in the match. And like you said, um, it was definitely a showcase for um, Joe and FTR. Um, and I feel like a lot of people have kind of forgotten about FTR a little bit because they, you know, haven't been on screen. And I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, I forgot who the tag team champions were, which sucks. But I also feel like they were kind of being saved for collision, unfortunately. So at least now that it's here, I hope we see more of them. Please. Yes. Um, if you hear an engine, my landscapers are here. So I love that. If it's not the cat, it's the landscapers. If it's not the landscapers, it's a storm. There's they're supposed to come on Tuesday, uh, but they're here now. <laughs> I love it. On Monday, but that's fine. But back to Collision. Um, I, I really, really like the show. I'm not so sure about the CM Punk carrying the title around in a bag. It was giving me very WWE vibes. <laughs> Like, he came out with the bag and the shoes. And I was like, this is interesting. What the heck? He's Santa Claus. Uh, I thought, in my head, I was like, what if it's something really hokey? Like, it's ice cream. And he's like, like, Danhausen vibes. Like, his money bag? (laughs) Yeah. And then I was like, maybe it's tax. Or maybe it's, like, maybe it's, like, like glass. I don't know. But presumably, it's the title. And he thinks he's still champion. And someone has to come beat him which is probably going to be MJF uh, or maybe MJF no shows like throughout the show. They kept saying that MJF said, definitely not. No, I'm not showing up. Um, so I, I don't know where we're going with that situation, but uh, I guess it gives punk something. I, I don't think he needs to carry around a bag in a title, but it's whatever. Uh, but I did love, um, collision. I feel like Collision's wrestling heavy dynamite is because probably because of the elite is very story heavy. And I like that there's a divide. Um, now there's like rumors that punk is going to be on this week's dynamite, which I'm like, Oh, we're already not respecting the split, but that's fine. I'll accept it. Um, and as long as we get within the coming week, some confirmation of what punk is doing at forbidden door, because if yeah. punk isn't on forbidden door, that's like, I feel like that's an unforgivable mistake. Yeah, you're bringing um, him back right now just not to have him on Forbidden Door. That's crazy. <laughs> I They have to. Like, even if it's not Kenta, even if it's anyone else, then I you just have to. Like, you could just see him FTR and just give them a trios match. Like, if you don't feel like Punk is, you know, through the ring rust and ready. Like, yeah. FTR is right there. And then you don't have to find opponents for FTR as well. Um, you could do Kenta and, and company, someone. I don't care, but he has to be there. Um, I loved the House of Black on Collision. Uh, I love that they are not only back as a group, but being scary and threatening again in like all the best ways. Um, I thought Buddy was re- wrestled really great. Um, I thought, you know, the Tony Nese thing, I was like, oh my God, it's Tony Nese. But it's, it's whatever. I, I just want to say I did. I thought it was really hilarious that Luchasaurus wins the TNT title from Wardlow. And Christian's like, actually, I'm TNT champion. I died. 
I love that. I thought that was so funny. And I was like, that's so Christian. Like, that's something, like, I just, I love that dimension. I don't know, like, what they do with it. That Luchasaurus versus versus Christian does not interest me in the slightest. Um, But Christian acting like he's TNT champion for the next however long when he clearly isn't, I think that's really funny. Um, I think it's even funnier that, like, Jungle Boy has had to go through all this crap of... To get these like title shots and stuff, and he just can't win a title, and then Luchasaurus just comes back and just wins a title. <laughs> just that's so easy too. Like it wasn't <laughs> even that crazy of a match. <laughs> I I loved it. Um, and I think it adds. I think it really does make Christian into that like comic book villain persona yeah. with the turtleneck and like the nice coat. I'm excited, <laughs> really excited to see what they do with that. Um. Not so excited about Wardlow losing again. I don't know where Wardlow goes from here. I would love to see him back in a like a tag team, like put him in a faction, mm-hmm. do something with him like that. Um, but then there was also a really big women's tag team match, which I think caused some controversy online. But listen, it got a little overshadowed by some other assets online, but you know. <laughs> It was Willow and Sky Blue versus Tony Storm and uh, Ruby Soho of the Outcast, who, which I'm really digging them doing tag team stuff. The Outcasts, I mean, yeah, because uh, I like one. I like women's tag team wrestling, and I am still holding out hope for titles. I yeah. know maybe I'm in the minority, or maybe I'm a little crazy, but I'm still holding out hope for that. And two, I think they just work so well because I think Tony Storm and Ruby so- uh, Ruby Soho. They don't wrestle exactly the same, but when they work together, it's like, it's so easy. They just flow with it. I really enjoyed it. And also Willow. I'm presuming that whatever women's match they do at Forbidden Door, which we're a week out and we still don't have a women's match, which I'm really annoyed about. I'm presuming it's going to be Willow versus Rando. And it's going to be like on the pre-show and that's how we're going to go. And then Tony's going to wrestle Thunder Rosa. And that's going to be it. I don't know. Uh, but I did enjoy this match. I did too. Um, and I like, first of all, shout out to Sky Blue. I love Sky Blue. Um, and I've been preaching about her for the past year. Um, and I'm so happy that she's, you know, getting this opportunity to work with, you know, these big fish in the women's division. And, you know, it was kind of like sink or swim for her. But she's really taken mm-hmm. advantage of that. Um, and she's really stepped up to the plate, you know? No, and I, AEW, for all its faults, I really feel like has done a lot this year, especially to build up its women's division and fill in that like bottom and mid card layers. Mm-hmm. So it's not the Britt Baker show all the time, or it's not, you know, the Jamie Hader show all the time. They have like solid women up and down. Uh, the Outcast story. Uh, I'm I don't see the culmination anymore like I'm not I'm not so interested in seeing them wrestle Britt Baker or Jamie Hayter or whoever um whenever Jamie comes back from injury of course I'm more interested in now Ruby and Tony Storm what they're able to do as a tag team and the things they're able to accomplish and what they're able to do I'm really into that because I'm really excited to see them uh I don't think that this is AEW trying to establish a tag division. I think this is them really wanting the outcasts to be a solid, respectable faction in the way that the men's factions are and that any matchup can be, you know, a successful tag team. Um, But I do, I really am enjoying them together. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying seeing Ruby kind of get the spotlight too, because I feel like, you know, when she debuted, like it was so exciting and it felt like a turning point in the division at least to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, she she had a few good, like, runs and spurts, but then, like, kind of just cooled off. And then she wasn't on TV, and it was really confusing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I'm, I'm just happy that she kind of gets, you know, to be featured weekly um, in a spot like this. Yeah, and... Looking, I mean, looking at Forbidden Door, but past Forbidden Door, I would 
you know, first of all, I would love to see Willow versus Jade Cargill at Forbidden Door. I feel like that's an easy, easily sold match. And I feel like it's a thrown together match that doesn't feel like a slap in the face because it's that good. Um, but looking past Forbidden Door and maybe even looking ahead to All In, I feel like there's a lot of big women's matches that they can do. And I feel like that they should do. Um, and, you know, people in the chat are talking about stardom. Um, yeah. Stardom, you know, they have a show the same day as Forbidden Door. And, like, there's been really no indication that there's going to be, you, you know, collaboration there. So if Stardom isn't at Forbidden Door, I feel like we need to just... AW did not tease it. They didn't guarantee Stardom. Uh, but I would love if we got something, maybe after Forbidden Door, maybe at All In, some sort of... Um, Tony Storm versus someone or Willow or, you know, Jade, because I feel like a, I feel like stardom is an untapped gold mine yeah. for AW and, you know, North American fans have been watching Joshi a lot more. At least I've been seeing it a lot more on yeah. my timeline. Uh, but I do think the broader wrestling audience in North America that watches AW really doesn't. So well, there's a lot they can do. Uh, but I'm, I would love to see Julia in AW like yes. at some point this year. I feel like it's a home run because if, you know, I think Sean has reported that stardom, they want Tony, they want, you know, Tony to come and do stuff. So I feel like there's an easy home run thing that they can do there. Um, I just forbidden door only having four matches announced a week out is a little bit iffy for me. Uh, the matches we have announced are great, of course, yeah. but AW was announcing a blind tag tournament Instead of saying, here's what our tag team champions are doing at Forbidden Door. Here's what our women's champion is doing at Forbidden Door. Here's what our TNT slash not TNT champion Christian Cage is doing at Forbidden Door. Um, Granted, the matches they have announced are great. I mean, Brian Danielson versus Okada. That you could put that on a show with, like, toddlers wrestling. And it would would be a great pay-per-view and win the year just because Danielson and Okada. But, like, I'm starting to get a little bit skeptical of it heading into Dynamite. Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Um, I feel like we're probably going to get, like, two or three matches just randomly thrown in the middle of Dynamite, and commentary's going to be like, yeah, so this is happening <laughs> at Forbidden Door this weekend. Like, they did that a little bit last year, and I feel like last yeah. year, we were like, okay, everybody and their mother is injured, so it, it is what it is. Um, we have a super chat from... Meet Normus, who says, which storyline was botched more, Keith Lee and Swerve or Originals Outcasts? I think Keith Lee and Swerve. And I think AW is still teasing that they're coming back to that. I just don't know when, where, how, and why. I, um, I think Swerve is very much established as a fun singles guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he falls on like the Dynamite Collision schedule, where they're going to fit him in. I do think the mogul embassy is better than the mogul affiliates. I think they improved that. I still don't like these stupid factions, but it is what it is. But Keith Lee very much feels lost to me. Um, I don't know where he, I, and there's no wrestler or no story. I feel like, Oh, Keith Lee slots into that easy. The way that I feel like swerve slots into it easy. I just, I just don't know. I really don't. And for me, the outcast versus the originals, I've enjoyed that. Um, it's been consistent and it, I don't get the impression that they rushed it. It's very much, they dropped it because Jamie's injured and they're in a place now where they can pick it up easy with Jamie's return, probably at all in. So I, that to me is responsible handling, but this Keith Lee stuff, I'm like, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, not that I'm like, you know, against Dustin or anything, but it's like, isn't the only thing you can find for somebody like Keith Lee, you know? You can't put him anywhere. That's just what we get. I don't know. Like, you could even, like... And I mean, this week, it's Hardys versus uh, the Guns. Like, I just don't know why you... Like, Matt Hardy and all his time in AW has been in these, like, weird factions with, like, weird randos and stuff. Like, even... You could put Keith Lee in that story and you could do Keith Lee and Ethan page and it would tear the house down like as a dynamite main event. It'd be so great. And they just won't do it. Like Keith Lee is 
the crowd reacts to Keith Lee. They love Keith Lee. They want to see Keith Lee. And it's like, no, <laughs> we're going to have Swerve uh, in some weird, like, dip- diplomatic businessman situation, which is great, and I love it. And then Keith Lee is going to be, like, grandpa. And I don't know, like, and I, I love Keith Lee, and I, like, I respect him, and I try not to judge his angles too much because, you know, he's had health issues and all that sort Absolutely. of stuff. But I think I think AEW has really dropped the ball in the Keith Lee swerve stuff. And it's like they keep reminding us that we're coming back to it. But it's like, when? <laughs> we're waiting. And I thought if Swerve had won the international title, that's it. And I feel like that's a home run. And you could do that. You could do that anywhere at any time. And it, it would draw an immense rating. But I don't know. That, I guess that's how I feel about it. <laughs> nah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, but as far as, like, the outcasts and the original stuff goes, um, I'm definitely coming around to it more now than I was before, and I feel like it's because it felt so repetitive every week. Like, you could predict what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, somebody, yeah. they're going to be in the ring, and then somebody's going to run out, and it's going to be this fight outside the ring, and it's just going to be this thing. And it happened every single week. <laughs> But I feel yeah. like I'm coming around more to it now. Yeah, and I think it's because they very much have sort of dialed it down. Yeah. Like, we're not seeing it every 15 minutes. <clears throat> um, and I also think the fact that I love Tony and Ruby wrestling together, I think that definitely covers up, like, make up a lot of the issues with that with the story. Yeah. Um, I think post-Forbidden Door will really be the test for them in that story. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, like, you know, July is going to be a big month for AW going into a double pay-per-view week at the end of August. They really have to do a lot to sort of fix some of these issues and plug the holes and figure out um, what you're going to do with the Elite, what you're going to do with CM Punk, um, and what you're going to do with Keith Lee and all these all these stars that AW just has simmering. Uh, but overall, I feel like the outcasts have improved, at least from my perspective. Um Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes, though, is to me not an improvement. Um, and I love Dustin Rhodes. I think Dustin Rhodes is like an underrated legend. Yeah. But I would love to see Keith do his own stuff. And I really did think that they were going to put him in a TNT title picture when they had like all the hosses in there. Yeah. When it was Wardlow, when it was Hobbs. Uh, and I guess they still could with Luchasaurus because uh, he's a big guy. It would, it would be fun to see Christian and Keith Lee like trade some nerds. <laughs> uh, I think that would be really fun. So maybe they could do that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I'm like, eh, I'm a little iffy on it. And the fact that neither Swerve nor Keith Lee have a match at Forbidden Door is like, uh. <laughs> I know. I was so, I was like, so high on Swerve winning that title from Orange Cassidy. It didn't happen, and I was like, this is a bummer, but now I'm like, and as much as I love Orange Cassidy, and like, I've really enjoyed and admired his reign, um, I don't know. I'm just, I kind of want to see something else, you know? I don't know. No, I totally get it. Um, speaking of something else, I feel like we could talk about the, about Dynamite, um, and the absolutely insane ending of Dynamite, and I had tweeted, um, (laughs) At the end, I was like, you know, there's no one better really than me and Haley to explain why these hundred people are in the ring and why it all makes sense. <laughs> it was crazy. It really was. But I was like, you know what? That makes so much sense. So basically, at the end of Dynamite, it was um, the Hung Bucks, who are not called the Hung Bucks. Yeah. They're just, you know, Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. Um, against the BCC again. But you listen, this story is so great. I don't even care. They could wrestle every week. And Danielson was on commentary. Mm-hmm. and Which is the best. I love when Danielson was on commentary. <laughs> I love when the camera cuts to him because he's always making the most extreme facial expression. It's so maniacal. Like. <laughs> so evil. And it's incredible. Um, but basically, the match was fantastic. At the end of the match, it was like open season. Like, literally. Every- Everyone's coming to beat everyone up. So we had Eddie Kingston. We had Takeshita. Will Ospreay was there. Kenny Omega was there. It was like, we're going hard. And everyone's just beating up everyone. Um, 
I thought it was really, I thought the Mox Eddie standoff was like the yeah. highlight of it for me because I'm like, ooh, because because I think for a while, AEW has been sort of planting in the fans' minds uh, Mox and Danielson, Mox versus Danielson over and over uh, that like maybe things aren't so cohesive there. And then to have Mox defending Eddie and the young bucks being like, well, I want to beat up Eddie, I think is really interesting. And of course the BCC wants to beat up Eddie because they hate Eddie and they have beef with him still. Um, Osprey being there because, you know, his match with Kenny, but like, it makes sense because he's there to beat up Kenny. Kenny, listen, Kenny comes back from his hiatus and just does not speak. He's like, I'm just here to help my friends. And it doesn't matter where I went. Um, and then Takeshita, of course, with his uh, cinnamon agenda, his sin agenda, if you will. Uh, we don't even need to talk about that man. But listen, I love that this is like since the pandemic era of story, especially with Eddie, that just like stacked and stacked and stacked. And then all of a sudden it's Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club. And it's like, oh, but it's like the whole world is invested in this story and they all have beef with this person, but not with that person, but also with this person. And it's almost like the faction lines don't matter that much. It's just who you want to beat up. You know what and it feels like? What? Avengers. <laughs> Avengers. Um, I, I was going to say Endgame, but you know what? Infinity War. It feels like Infinity War. It does kind of feel like Infinity War. And it's like, Mox is like Tony Stark being like, no, I fell out with Eddie. Like, I can't call him. I can't. But it's like, you got to do it because you have this big enemy looming. Um, in the elite, and I loved this angle. It was chaotic. People are running around, beating each other up. It's like the cameras are like trying to follow the action. But I think, if anything, I feel like this showed why it's important to keep doing elite and Blackpool Combat Club matchups, yeah, uh, or matches, and why. And I think this is why fans aren't getting tired of it because there's always new layers to it, like Eddie returning. Or Will Ospreay getting involved. Takeshita always being there ready to foil the elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, to me, is a big test of the elite and a big test of the Black Bull Combat Club. And this is what I love most about wrestling. It's, sto- it's stuff like this. That you can have people do these run-ins and you can have like 200 people do a run-in and they all make sense. <laughs> well, and like I also feel like I have seen a lot of people say that, you know, they're tired of seeing... Uh, BCC versus the Elite and like whatever but I'm like okay I get it but like as somebody who's invested in like storylines and like follows the stories like I'm not sick of it you know what I mean because like you said there's always something new there's always a new wrinkle in the story always you know a new person being added to the mix I don't know yeah, and it's I feel like a lot of people expected Kota Bushi to come out uh after this angle or maybe with Kenny or whatever, and he didn't. And I do, I still think that Ibushi is going to be part of this in some way at some point. Um, And by this, I mean the elite story. Yeah. Um, Whether that's with the BCC feud or not, I definitely see them carrying this BCC feud as long as they can pass forbidden door to all in to all out as far as they can. Cause it's, it's a, it's like a white hot angle and there's so many ways they can go with it just by bringing other people in or taking people out or doing whatever. Yeah. Um, because now you also have like the best friends are on the outs on like the outskirts because of their yeah. tie to Yuda dark order because of their ties to the elite. So it's like, there's so many people in this feud and it's literal years of resentment and antagonism building. So AEW has really capitalized on this. Well, I think. Uh, and so like these little trios matches on dynamite, this does not ruin the story for me. I feel like this, if anything, heightens it. So I'm not tired of seeing them. Um, I am excited to see where what they do with Eddie, though. Because Eddie, coming back to AEW, he did, you know, some stuff in Ring of Honor. And then, he, you know, he was injured and now he's in yeah. AEW. I would love to see him sort of the enemy of my enemy is my friend in this kind of story. Uh I don't think Eddie gets along with the elite. I don't think he gets along with the Blackpool Combat Club. He gets along with Mox sometimes, but I think he genuinely loves Mox and wants to be there. Um, so that's interesting. It goes back to the barbed wire death match. 
and the angle, the explosion that should have been, <laughs> you know, the attempted assassination of John Moxley. Uh, we, we don't need to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just so into this. I'm like, and Don Callis, I don't even care that Don Callis is still here. You know why? Because Honestly, he's I didn't even artwork. notice because there was so much going on. I was like, I don't even care that Don Callis is there right now. No, you know what? He, <laughs> promotes, he promotes Mel's artwork. Period. I appreciate at Mel Coleman yeah. Art. And you know what? I feel like he has helped Takeshita. As much as I hate to say it, I feel like his hatred of Kenny Omega has really elevated Takeshita as like, just, it makes sense now why Takeshita would hate Kenny Omega. Yeah. So I'm into that. Um, I feel like, I don't, you know, Kenny is wrestling Osprey at Forbidden Door. I don't know what the Young Bucks are doing. I don't know what the Hung Bucks are doing. But as long as this story does not, fade away from you know from aw i'm so into it cm punk is going to be on dynamite so the elite aren't going to be on dynamite apparently i don't know i really don't care who really knows uh, if that's true or isn't true we'll just have to see you know yeah i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's not true but i really do feel like this is aew's golden ticket is this elite blackwell combat club story and i don't feel like they would sacrifice it for anything i think cmftr is great I don't know what, where they're going. I don't, I don't know what you're going to do with CMMTR at this point. Um, but I definitely feel like, and I think AW recognizes that in terms of longevity, I think the story is it. And so I'm glad CM Punk is back. I'm glad the Elite had a good angle. AW is in a really great place. Uh, Forbidden Door, I'm excited for. A little worried. That's my AW conclusion. <laughs> You know what I would like to see now that I've just been sitting here thinking about it and how uh, Daddy Ass was talking about the trios? I guess because I wanted FTR versus the Acclaimed so bad, but CMFTR versus the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass, I would would love that. The the Acclaimed came out and they, uh, Max did his rap and whatever, and you know, he talked about Trump and he talked about, you know, CM Punk and whatever, but I, I really do think that would be a great match. Um, I would like, I do think that FTR versus, you know, Bullet Club Gold is the next yeah. step. I mean, at least I hope it's the next step. Cause I don't know what you do with Bullet Club Gold after that. Uh, but, you know, listen, going back to BTE, Ricky being in the Young Bucks locker room made me think you could do Ricky and the Young Bucks versus Bullet Club Gold, and I'd be so into it. I'd be all over that. Um, but I definitely think they're going to take it easy with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. One, because last time he returned from injury, he got injured again as the world champion. And so you really do have to respect that. Uh, and two, I think they're heating up for the MJF thing. But listen, the acclaimed being in a prominent spot is best for AEW, and it's best for me and my yeah. well-being. Period. So they need to do it. Absolutely. I'm not <laughs> opposed to it. But I do agree that um, I feel like taking the kind of Danielson approach to it where he's just kind of, you know, like he's there, but he's not wrestling, even though Punk is wrestling. But not as much. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, a light load um, while we kind of heat that MJF stuff up. It's, uh, yeah. And I think... I think like going ahead, you know, you know, the punk promo was so controversial and contested because people didn't like that. He was talking about the elite. And then some people did like that. He was talking about the elite. I feel Uh, like he had to though. Like you can't have all that stuff happen and like not address it a little. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if they're going to do CMFTR versus the elite. I think I would hope that that would be a priority for them. Um, But I, I am curious about it. And I think there's a lot of ways they can do it later in the year. We don't need to yeah. do it now. We shouldn't do it now. We can push it to full gear. We could push it to next year if we had to. Right now, I feel like being separate and building their own angle separately is best. And overall, I feel like Collision was good. Mm-hmm. It, some people were disappointed. I wasn't disappointed at all. I think it really... Hello, Kate. Do you see my little thing? I actually yeah. have something yeah. specific to bring up. And I waited until the appropriate time to bring it up. Okay, and the four doors. Now's that time. 
I want to throw this at you because Alex Pulaski threw it at me and I thought it was kind of fun. Okay. There's a lot of people that want CM Punk to go heel. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that want to keep FTR face. Saw a little exchange between the old Juice Robinson and CM Punk. What if CMFTR is not it's cracked up to be and CM Punk goes over to the Bullet Club gold side and you have Jay White and CM Punk on the same side of things with like Samoa Joe as an occasional heavy and I would like, love that. You know what? It sounds messy, but it sounds like my kind of messy and I'm all here for it. <laughs> well, it, right? and it yeah, it's like, listen, like years ago, you know, there were rumors and people pushing for New Japan to get CM Punk in the Bullet Club. Yeah. So, like, Jay White being the man who, like, lures CM Punk in, or Juice Robinson, I love that. I think he fits in with them. And you could run, like, an an anti-elite angle without it being so, like, toxic, real-life BS. Because you have Jay yeah. White right there who can come in right after Kenny, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a lot of interesting possibilities there. And that's what you get with Alex Pulaski. He sees one thing and he's like, what if this brilliant creative idea happens? But you keep FTR face. See if FTR is kind of like a swerve move, which I really, really like. Um, Because even like the idea of like Punk coming back and losing a couple matches early where he's like, I thought we were going to come back and be the most dominant trio you could possibly have and it not coming to fruition. That there's some intrigue there. There's definitely some intrigue there. I just it would be very interesting to me if that happened sooner than later and you have real bullet club in new japan versus bullet club gold but now you have you've got like finley gabe kid and clark cotters on one side and you've got cm (laughs) jay white and samoa joe maybe on the other like that's bananas but i um in a a shocking upset came in with a targeted thing that i wanted to talk about but i i just i loved that booking and uh alex also brought up that he thinks that miro should challenge luchasaurus and say it's his favorite of god that he's going to make dinosaurs extinct for a second time (laughs) (laughs) come on now i know what is that absolutely (laughs) promising his redeemer the first time it was a meteor, this time it's going to be Miro. That's that's what you got at FightfulSelect.com. Cheap plug for Fightful Select. You got Alex Pulaski behind the paywall. Pulling that kind of stuff out. But I'll 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 get out of your hair because I'm going to not derail things. And I'm coming in specific, but I'm coming in hot. So enjoy the rest of your show. Make it a quote. That's <laughs> I'm coming in specific, but I'm coming in hot. <laughs> That's me. Love you, Kate. Love you. Now I can't stop thinking about CM Punk in the Bullet Club. I know. Now I'm really going to happen. And I feel like, I feel like at this point, there's only so much you can do with the CM Punk. This is my return. I'm gonna, you know, light the world on fire. Especially after last year when he decidedly did not light the world on fire. Uh, mm. He had great matches, but he was injured a lot of the time. Uh, a lot. I feel like towards the end, people were like, "Okay, you're here to like wrestle the you know the young people and do the things, but like what else? Like what else are you gonna do?" Um, I feel like he misinterpreted course- like set the world on fire. You know, it was a little bit of miscommunication there with uh, <laughs> Punker. <laughs> But like, listen. Oh, and then like you could do CM Punk and Jay White. Like you could do the the Jay Uso Roman Reigns fight for power. Oh my God! Someone call Tony Khan. I've thought, um, and I I do think Bullet Club Gold does need to recruit people. I feel like that's the natural end game of. And I feel like people. Well, I feel like you know, the guns have kind of been you know brought up a lot. But you know what? CM Punk. <laughs> it, and you, the guns were a red herring the whole time. Oh, you <laughs> thought you were getting guns? Surprise, it's CM Punk. <laughs> like, they, oh, just a little switcheroo. And because, like, the guns, they did their little promo. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we don't need to say whether we're in Bullet Club Gold. Like, you don't need to know about it. Who cares? So I feel like the reaction to the guns being in Bullet Club Gold was almost universally negative. 
So this is a good way to get out of it. And I would love a heel CM Punk because CM Punk, when I love him the most, it's when he's a heel. Um, I did love the CM Punk, you know, in WWE winning the world title, doing the whole thing. But overall, like his whole career, I loved him most as a bad guy. So I'm into it. I'm so glad Kate came in here and say that said that she came in she said uh, she's like these girls need to know they need to know this and you know what we did (laughs) um so yeah Haley, we're coming we're over an hour so we can wrap look at us look at us we did great when Haley and i were playing this episode we were like we cannot go too long because like (laughs) we could go for years about these topics we could and we had so much like other things that we could have talked about but we were like you know what let's scale it back really focused on these stories <laughs> and it worked for us going. we really and we're wrapping it up with heels cm punk i love to i love it but do you want to do your final your final thoughts and then your plugs oh geez my final thoughts um man <laughs> long live jay uso you know what i mean long live the usos period um but also, I didn't get to mention it, but I really enjoyed the Bucks gear on Dynamite. Yes. I really loved the sparkly hats and little bandanas. Um, it, it, really, it made my heart um, feel very full. So I loved it. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, my plugs. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not going to ramble anymore. You guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Haley on underscore. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you this week. Uh, I also loved the Young Bucks gear. I tweeted that they looked like Coachella girls, and Haley was like, so what? It's like, <laughs> okay. Um, but no, I'm really excited for, for Forbidden Door, especially for Kenny Omega. But you can follow me on Twitter at Kylie Wrestling. I post everything I'm doing there. Haley and I have some other stuff this week, so you're going like, to have to go on Twitter and see that. Uh, this is Tag Talk. We're live every Monday at 3. Uh, we talk about tag team wrestling. This week was a big week. Some weeks are not big, but you know what? We do it. Uh, this is Fightful Overbooked. You know, as much as Jeremy says we are the best show on Fightful Overbooked, it's not true. There's a lot of really great shows on this channel, so make sure you go check them out. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. The channel is growing really fast, and I'm really excited about it. And, you know, like this video and comment your thoughts. I'm really curious about your thoughts on Forbidden Door. And also, yes, it is our one-year anniversary. Thank you to everyone who said happy anniversary. Thank you to everyone who submitted their super chats and shared in this celebration with us. We forgot last week. Technically, this is our one-year and one-week anniversary. (laughs) But listen, we got, we remembered. I forgot. Haley remembered. And you guys remembered. So that's great. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc